Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. We begin with this, a new day, a new controversy this morning over the way President Trump is fighting the coronavirus. Late last night, he tweeted this letter that he sent to the World Health Organization threatening to permanently cut funding and, quote, reconsider our membership in the organization. Now, the president has repeatedly claimed that the WHO was negligent in its coronavirus response and is biased in favor of China. The president also says he is now taking the anti-malaria drug hydroxychloroquine to help protect himself from the coronavirus. Now, this drug is unproven as a treatment for the virus, and the FDA has warned it could have dangerous side effects. Paula Reed is at the White House for us. Paula, this was an unexpected development. What are we learning? Good morning, Tony. The president revealed that he is taking this drug as he was being pressed by reporters about a series of unfavorable stories. He said that he has taken azithromycin, hydroxychloroquine, and zinc, but so far, no one at the White House has been able to confirm the president's regimen. The frontline workers, many, many are taking it. I happen to be taking it. I happen to be taking it. Hydroxychloroquine? I'm taking it. Hydroxychloroquine. Right now, yeah. Yeah, President Trump says he's taking hydroxychloroquine and zinc, an unproven combination after hearing anecdotal evidence. He said, sir, I have hundreds of patients and I give them hydroxychloroquine. I give them the ZPAC, which is zithromycin, and I give them zinc. And out of the hundreds of patients, many hundreds, over 300 patients, I've, I haven't lost one. He claims he requested the regimen from the White House doctor about two weeks ago after a support staffer tested positive for COVID-19. He said, well, if you'd like it, I said, yeah, I'd like it. The FDA warned last month that hydroxychloroquine should not be used outside of a hospital setting, warning of serious heart rhythm problems in patients with COVID-19. So far, the president's tests for the virus have all been negative. As scientists continue to study the drug's effectiveness, the president's endorsement has made it a political flashpoint. We've had tremendous response to the hydroxy. So it's a very strong, powerful medicine. Speaking to CBS News in March, Dr. Anthony Fauci expressed skepticism about its benefits. There is not a proven, and that's the underlying word, a proven treatment or prevention. And the president's critics say he's once again giving the public bad medical information. Every expert who has looked at it says it doesn't help you against COVID. So he's giving people false hope. 
In a carefully worded memo Monday, the president's physician revealed that the two men discussed hydroxychloroquine and decided that the potential benefit from treatment outweighed the relative risks. But it does not specifically say what it is the president is taking. And the president also does not engage in proven preventative measures. He does not wear a mask and he does not consistently social distance. Even those around him have only started doing so in the past 10 days. Gail. Thank you, Paula. CBS News medical contributor Dr. David Agus joins us now with more on the drug that the President Trump is taking. Good morning to you, Dr. Agus. Is there any proof that hydroxychloroquine can prevent COVID for the President or anybody else? Well, let's just start with the decision to take a medicine is one of the most personal things you can do, and it involves a discussion of a patient to a doctor with the risk, how close and how significant interactions did he have with this staff member, and the risks of the medicine. And they made that decision together given his risk for complication from COVID. There was data that hydroxychloroquine could potentially have a benefit in cell culture dishes. And in some pilot studies in other countries, it looked encouraging. Encouraging so that the NIH and universities across the country have started clinical trials to say, does it actually work in patients with early COVID-19? And the results aren't back. So the answer is, we don't know yet. But this is a political football. When you talk about this, it defines your politics, whether you're for or against hydroxychloroquine. And that's not right. The data have to speak, and hopefully the data will be out soon. Uh, but as a doctor, would you recommend that a patient take a prescription drug for something they say they don't have? Well, the, the FDA, when it approves a drug, as a doctor, you can use it for any indication. It is legal. It's called off-label use. And we do it significantly in the cancer space. So what we know with COVID-19 is the data look and appear that the earlier you treat, the better the outcome. So with each individual patient, you look and you say, what's the risk that there's going to be complications for this patient? And maybe you'd want to be a little bit more aggressive with the president of the United States. There has yet to be a medicine that's been shown to work early. Some have worked late. Rendisivir worked late in the disease and significantly shortened hospitalization in a placebo-controlled trial. We're still waiting for the data from this drug. Do you have any concerns, though, about the president promoting this drug, especially since the FDA has said you should not take this drug outside of a hospital or not involved in a clinical trial for this? Does this concern you? Well, but in general, this is a very, very safe drug. People have taken it for malaria prophylaxis for decades. People have taken it for lupus without complications. And so I think it is safe. But I do not think the president of the United States nor any politician should be promoting individual therapies without data. Um, this should not be part of politics. Health shouldn't be political. It is not a Republican or Democratic issue. It's all of our personal issues. And I think we have to rise above the political nature of this drug and these talking and talk about other things regarding data and not recommending a drug. So I don't think it's right that anybody recommend a drug until the data have shown it. So the president doing this does not define that any patient in the country should emulate it because we don't know that conversation with the physician. All right, David Igus, thank you very much. Anthony?
Thank you both. China's foreign ministry said this morning that President Trump's message to the WHO threatening to cut off funding for good is an effort to shift the blame for his administration's failures in responding to the coronavirus. Ramey Innocenzo reports now on the letter sent in the middle of a worldwide conference on the pandemic. In his scathing four-page letter, President Trump slammed the World Health Organization for what he called a failed response to COVID-19, an alarming lack of independence from China, and for ignoring credible reports from Wuhan. The president's health and human services secretary addressed the WHO directly as it convened its annual assembly virtually for the first time. There was a failure by this organization to obtain the information that the world needed, and that failure cost many lives. The president's missive came after China's President Xi Jinping made a U-turn, pledging to support an independent probe into the origins of the coronavirus and with a pledge of $2 billion in aid. But Washington called Xi's statements a distraction from what the White House claims to be China's failure to alert the world and said Beijing should pay more. That payment might come in the form of a vaccine. China says it now has five candidates in clinical trial with CanSino Biologics, the medical arm of the People's Liberation Army, the first in the world to enter the second phase of clinical trials. Typically, to go through from phase one to phase three studies can take five to seven years. Uh, given the urgency of the pandemic, uh, those steps have been compressed somewhat. And the last paragraph of President Trump's letter, he threatened to withdraw all U.S. funding to the World Health Organization for good. That was $400 million in 2019, unless major changes are made in the next 30 days. For CBS This Morning, Ramey Innocencio, Tokyo. 49 of 50 states have now partially eased social distancing rules, but the pandemic is far from over. The reported U.S. death toll from the coronavirus has surpassed 90,000 people. Now more businesses are looking for ways to safely reopen while the danger remains. David Begno is in front of an Apple store here in New York. David, good morning. You know how busy a uh, Apple store can be, Tony? Everybody inside touching all those devices, pressing something that somebody else just touched. So what are big brands like Apple going to do to change the rules? Number one, you've got to wear a mask before you go in when the store reopens. Mask applies to customers and employees. That's the rule. Also, they're going to take your temperature before you're allowed inside, and they're going to restrict how many people can go in because they want to maintain a social distance. That's what the big brand guys like Apple can do. It's going to be interesting to see what the mom and pop shops around the country end up doing and are able to do as more people continue to reopen around the country cautiously. 48 auto manufacturing plants across eight states are back open now. That means tens of thousands of employees at Ford, GM, and Fiat Chrysler are back at work. My wife's a nurse, my sons are cops. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's get this done. We got to do it sooner or later. Video from this Chrysler plant in Warren, Michigan shows their new normal. Temperature checks upon entry to the building. Two masks are given to each employee. Plastic coverings to keep employees separated. Workers consistently sanitizing their workstations. Even with all of that, some people were a little uneasy about going back to work. I know personally five people that passed away from this. Four of them worked here, one worked next door. So we're scared. The auto industry is part of America's economic engine trying to get back on track as governors around the country continue to slowly reopen. In Texas yesterday, Governor Greg Abbott reopened gyms, office buildings, and child care centers with some restrictions. There are plans to reopen bars and bowling alleys on Friday. Washington State announced the reopening of all medical services. 
And Massachusetts will be the second to last state in the country to ease restrictions. That state's Governor Charlie Baker announced his state's strict four-phase plan. These two will be inseparable. Getting back to work and fighting COVID until there is a medical breakthrough with treatments or a vaccine. 21 states are still seeing an increase in new positive cases. That's why some governors are a little hesitant to open too much too soon. Open New Jersey now! Among those unhappy with their state's slower pace, the owners of this gym in New Jersey, who believe the governor's stay-at-home order violates their constitutional rights. If big box retailers, grocery, and liquor stores can operate with proper health protocol in place, so can every single business in America. Back here on the Upper West Side of Manhattan yesterday, police here in New York City shut down a yeshiva, which is an Orthodox Jewish school. Video shows about 60 kids pouring out of the building. Reportedly, very few of them were wearing masks. The city got a tip that the school was operating, and so they went in to shut it down. The mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, actually tweeted about this, saying that they were going to issue a cease and desist order. He put out the tweet because he clearly wanted people to know what they were doing. And, Gail, he was trying to send an example. The city will not tolerate the defiance of city orders. All right, David Begnaud on the move on Upper West Side. I recognize that corner. Thank you, David. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says he had no idea his department's outgoing inspector general was investigating him. Pompeo insists the decision on Friday to replace Steve Linick was not retaliation. Lenick is one of five internal government watchdogs to be removed by the president since March. As Nancy Cordes reports, Mr. Trump says firing Lenick was not his idea. Mike uh, requested that I do it. President Trump told reporters that it was Secretary of State Mike Pompeo who wanted his agency's inspector general fired. I guess they weren't happy with the job he's doing or something. Now, lawmakers from both parties are asking the president for a detailed reasoning for the firing. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi citing reports that Linick was nearing completion of an investigation into the approval of billions of dollars in arms sales to Saudi Arabia. That arms sale by declaring a fake emergency in order to just go forward without the accountability and transparency is something that is worthy of attention. In an interview with the Washington Post, Secretary Pompeo said that Linux's work was undermining the State Department and that the Obama appointee wasn't performing a function in a way that we had tried to get him to. It's simply not possible for this to be an act of retaliation, Pompeo said, claiming that he was unaware that Linick may also have been investigating Pompeo himself for allegedly directing a political appointee to run personal errands. You mean he's under investigation because he had somebody walk his dog from the government? I don't know. It doesn't sound, I don't think it sounds like that important. I mean, President Trump says he's happy to fire any inspector general who was appointed by his predecessor. For CBS This Morning, Nancy Cordes, Washington. The Saudi Air Force officer who shot and killed three U.S. sailors last year had significant ties to al-Qaeda, according to the Justice Department and investigators there. The FBI says it broke into Mohammed al-Shamrani's iPhones and found evidence that he coordinated his attack at a base in Pensacola, Florida, with al-Qaeda. The bureau says the military trainee who was killed by a sheriff's deputy had been in contact with al-Qaeda until the night before his deadly attack. 
Thank you for listening to the CBS's Morning Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get daily podcast originals. You can watch the CBS This Morning broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Do you ever feel like there's nothing new in the news? You know there are urgent things happening in the world around you. But all you hear is noise. That's why we made What Next? Our goal is to tell you the stories you haven't heard before. Or maybe a different side to the story you thought you already knew all about. I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next? And I love my job because it helps me cut through the noise of the news. And then I get to bring it to you. Together, we can figure out what next. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's true, then you're in luck. Because, once again, Mr. Ballin Podcast, Strange, Dark, and Mysterious Stories is available everywhere you get your podcasts. Each week on the Mr. Ballin Podcast, you'll hear new stories about inexplicable encounters, shocking disappearances, true crime cases, and everything in between. Like our recent episode titled White Dust. After a middle-aged couple fail to answer their daughter's messages and calls, the daughter drives the few hours to her parents' house to check on them, but after arriving and seeing both her parents' cars in the driveway, the daughter gets an uneasy feeling and just can't stomach going inside. To hear the rest of that story and hear hundreds more stories like it, follow Mr. Ballin Podcast on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Prime members can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music.